Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Brons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. So my wife and I are sitting on the back deck. It's after dark. It's a beautiful night. Or at least I think. Soon our enjoyable night is plagued by swatting and slapping of the annoying little pest known as a mosquito. Have you noticed more mosquitoes in recent years? While more standing water in our area certainly has allowed for a larger population of mosquitoes, another factor may be at play. Bats, you know, those little brown or black flying rat type things? Well, some studies suggest they can eat up to 1,000 mosquito-sized insects in a single hour. The bad news? Bats are dying at an unprecedented rate in Pennsylvania. In fact, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service recently stated that bats have lost upwards of 97% of their historic populations in Pennsylvania. But why? This rapid decline in bat populations is due to a relatively new disease called white-nose syndrome. It's a disease that affects hibernating bats and is caused by the fungus Suedogymnoascus destructans, or PD for short. It's a psychrophilic fungus, which means it's cold-loving. The fungus thrives in cold, dark, damp places. It attacks the bare skin of the bats while they're hibernating. The fungus typically grows on the face of the bats, hence the name white-nose. It also causes lesions on the wings of the bat. In North America, hibernating bats become infected with PD when their body temperature decreases during winter torpor into the range permissive for growth of the fungus. This causes the bats to awaken more frequently and experience a cascade of physiological changes, resulting in weight loss, dehydration, electrolyte loss, and eventually death. Typically, the disease kills 70 to 90% of bats in an infected hibernaculum. In some cases, the mortality rate can be 100%, killing an entire colony. Some caves that once hosted thousands of bats are now left virtually empty. White Nose was first discovered in a cave near Albany, New York in 2007, but explorers saw the white fungus on bats as early as 2006. Scientists now believe that the disease came from Europe. So just a little bit on how it spreads, I guess? Bats can catch it from physical contact with other infected bats. They can also pick it up from surfaces of the cave or mine where they're hibernating. I think one of the biggest causes of it spreading are humans accidentally carrying the fungus on shoes, clothing, and gear when they're caving. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Well, you might be familiar with... A species of bat called the little brown bat, which once lived in colonies numbering hundreds of thousands of individuals. Colonies aggregate at nesting sites called roosts. There are several different types of roosts that serve different purposes. There's day and night roosts, which provide habitat for bats when they are sleeping or resting. Hibernacula are a type of roost that is occupied during the winter months. Little brown bats choose buildings, caves, trees, rocks, and woodpiles as roost sites. They may migrate hundreds of miles to get from their summer habitats to the winter hibernacula. And I guess that leads me to the next point and talk about mating. So the mating season usually starts in August and pups are born approximately two months later. Each mother has one pup a year. So the fact that bats don't reproduce quickly 
really amplifies the struggle with the white nose syndrome. So there's definite misconception associated with bats, but why do we want bats around? Yeah, so many people believe you know, bats are prone to rabies or their droppings are a source of tuberculosis or other disease or that even that they're aggressive and attack people. But bats are no more apt to contract rabies than any other warm-blooded animal, and there's no evidence to suggest that bats attack people. Even rabid bats rarely become aggressive. So bats have really good economic and social value. Insectivorous bats provide valuable pest control services. In the USA alone, bats are estimated to save farmers over $3 billion annually in pest suppression. Mortality due to white nose and other population stressors is expected to reduce the levels at which bat populations provide these valuable ecosystem services. And because bats eat large quantities of mosquitoes, they can potentially benefit human health by reducing risk for transmission of vector-borne disease. Large-scale mortality due to white nose is also expected to reduce these benefits. So back to white nose syndrome. And as sad as it may seem, there might be some good news. Uh, Two recent studies, in fact. Scientists from the U.S. Forest Service, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and the University of New Hampshire have discovered that UV light kills the fungus that is responsible for the precipitous declines over the last decade. The surprising finding could eventually result in treatments to address what the U.S. Forest Service identified as potentially the most catastrophic wildlife disease of the century. Here's another bit of good news. Right here in Pennsylvania, where the white nose struck early, bat populations have apparently stopped declining. Diane Reeders, a researcher from Bucknell University who studies white-nose syndrome, stated that bats reached a relatively stable point. For example, while the little brown bats' numbers remain perilously low, remnant adults have now survived several years of the white-nose and continue reproducing, suggesting they have inborn resistance or have otherwise adapted. So maybe a light at the end of the tunnel? My question is, is there anything the listeners can do for our bat friends? Yes, so at your houses, you can build bat boxes and plant bat-friendly gardens. You can report any dead or injured bats you see. If you're into caving and you're going into caves, especially multiple caves, you want to make sure that you're disinfecting your shoes, clothes, and gear before going underground. You can go online. There's very specific standards and rules for how to disinfect your gear. If you have bats living in your home, they won't cause any harm to human occupants, but their odor and noise may become a nuisance. So excluding bats the proper way could take up to two years. So during the summer months, you want to watch your home at dusk to see where the bats are exiting, and then build a large, well-placed bat box somewhere near that location. So when the bats leave in the fall, you can sill all of the entrances, and when they return in the spring, they'll likely use the bat box instead of trying to move in your house. But you want to make sure you wait until at least August to do this, because if you sell the entrances in June and July, you'll trap the flightless young inside. Good ideas. Um, I think this has challenged me to maybe build a bat box in my backyard. And I think that we'll, I'll try to find a link to put up on the website. So if you're interested in building a bat box, you can too. If you have any questions related to today's show, You can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105.
If you missed a portion of today's show, go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out, you can ask questions, or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Ruans. And I'm Don Hibbard saying enjoy the outdoors.